1: The podcast that represents our lifestyle of extreme performance. Uniting houndsmen across the globe from east to west, north to south. You know, if you're gonna catch a cat or a lion, you know you have to have teamwork. We take you to the wildest places on earth. A little bit of a change of pace right there, liven things up for the pre roll with some acoustic guitar and a little beat backbeat music. On this episode of the Houndsman XP podcast, we're doing a point blank. I thought this music might get us in the mood to talk about some things we've been talking about. So, point blank is always where we recap some of the hot topics, some of the uh, topics that we've been getting the most feedback on and uh, go a little deeper and get some candid observations and opinions from the Houndsman XP team. And I'm glad to have Heath Hyatt. He's our host of The Journey on Wednesdays. He's doing a great job with The Journey. It's picking up a lot of steam. A lot of people are really joining in there. And um, let me give you an idea what The Journey is all about. The Journey is about us. It's about us as houndsmen. We all started somewhere. We're all going somewhere, and it's about the journey from from daily growth. You know, if you're not growing, you're dying. So Heath brings in all kinds of experts in the world of dog behavior, dog training. He incorporates bird dog stuff and shows us how we can use that with our hounds. He uses police dog experts. And ties all that together for us so we can make good decisions, smart moves, increase our abilities as trainers and breeders, and, and just knowing how our dogs work out there. It's a great show. And then I got Chad Reynolds. Chad Reynolds is a wild man. I'm telling you, if you're following him on social media, he's uh, he. I think the guy hunts every day. Uh, he's hunting everything from mountain lions to, to hares with his salukis and, and his uh, falcon, Uh, of course he's not hunting mountain lions with those salukis and falcon he's using sinhounds for that but he's got bird dogs sidehounds sinhounds terriers spaniels he's got he's got all kinds of stuff going on there his draughts i mean he's uh, he's a great host too and he you can follow him on the all mixed up episode that we run once a month and he teams up with seth brings you a lot of cool stuff there Folks, I just want to take an opportunity to tell each one of you, thank you. If you're listening to this podcast, you're very important to us. Those downloads, uh, the rankings, all of it comes together. It helps us complete our mission to preserve, protect, and promote this lifestyle of hunting with hounds. And we need all hands on deck, and you guys are answering the call. Share the podcast with your friends. Make sure that, that you're exposing them to it. Let's have a good time with this thing. Let's stand together. Let's stand together on on protecting our freedoms as houndsmen. On this particular episode, we're going to recap a few things. One of the main things we're going to talk about, though, is Fair Chase. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into Fair Chase. You can go back a couple weeks there and listen to the episode that I did with Justin Spring from the Boone and Crockett Club, and um, and get an idea of who the Boone and Crockett Club is, what their history is, and the important role that they have played in the conservation of our wildlife. When they were founded in 1887, they solve the need for uh, some rules to be put in place about hunting and and things so uh, we're going to get into it in the podcast I'm not going to recap it but uh, you need to go back and check out the episode I did with Justin Spring all right folks let's get this podcast rolling I really like making these because we get to uh, have a little bit of fun have a little deeper conversation you kind of get to know where we're coming from with our thoughts Let's get the tailgate down. It's time to dump the box. Yeah. So, man, we've been kicking some. Brad Luttrell's kicking some ass for us. Yes, he is. Did you read that article? Yeah, Chad? I did too. Cool. I did too. We need yeah, to share, I, that, share that farm wide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't yeah. get a chance to share
0: it yet, but I did read it. Um, that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Chad hunts so hard and so much that he's gotta eat during recording time. Just to keep his just keep his (laughs) caloric intake up and his body weight up. I'm
0: starving, man. I promise I won't touch the bag while we got the mics on
1: though.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I even put it all the way over on the end of the table.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Where you been you said you've been chasing jackrabbits and drops and everything down and
0: yeah, I brought I bought the one draught, a setter, and the Sighthound hound, and the falcon down to uh, Kingman, Arizona, and got into some quail, some gambles quail, some scale quail and some scaled quail. Then bagged a handful of jackrabbits and some cottontails with the drops and everything. It was a it was a good time. It was a lot of fun. <clears throat> I got some content too. I got a pretty good reel I could put together. I think I could do a full ninety seconds with some points and stuff. I haven't gone through all the data yet, but. Yeah. It's a really cool video. I don't know if you guys have watched the videos with the Falcon chasing behind the, you know, behind the dogs. This one should be the best. You'll have to like stop and look at it because it's like two little black specks. But one of these days, we need to get a real
1: good camera out there for that. I think it'd be freaking amazing. Yeah, no doubt. We were only, uh, we were only about how far were we from Kingman last week, Heath? Eighty miles.
2: Probably not far. Yeah. Yeah. Is
1: maybe, that right? Maybe eighty. Yeah, we were right there at the Hoover Dam last week. Yeah. Uh what were you doing there? Is that where
0: the shot show was?
1: It shot show was in Vegas, and then um uh range day was down at Boulder City, and then Heath is like, Well Hoover Dam's only 20 minutes from here. Let's go look at it, and we did. That was brutal, man. <laughs> that, <Dude. winger. laughs> that was unbelievable. There were there were people one lady fell down on the yeah. uh bridge. bridge. Going out, she was trying to trying to get out there, and she was hanging onto the rail. So the west side of that the Boulder River there, it's just sheer rock faces on both sides of that bridge. And as that wind was hitting the bridge or hitting those rock faces, it was funneling right through that gap, and it was it was no joke. I mean, that was that was some severe wind. It was crazy. Yeah.
2: <clears throat> when you're two hundred sixty pounds, it's about lifting you off the ground. It's Time to get out there.
0: What was it, like 40, 50 mile hour winds, or
1: at least it, it,
2: yeah, it was jumping.
1: It was jumping. I think it was gusting probably close to sixty plus. Had oh, to wow. be. Had to be. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: We yeah. get thirty here a lot, like a lot but, every day. Yeah, but sixty. That's that's vicious. Yeah. That's, whose that's phone's
1: incredible. not? Whose phone's not on silent?
0: Mine is. But I get this thing where sometimes I get a text, and because I'm using the MacBook, the text message comes with my damn laptop, and I don't know how to turn that
1: off yet. Yeah. yeah. I guess I'm damn it. Well, the uh, – Heath, why don't you give us a lowdown on the SHOT Show last week? I, you know, I, I, we, we posted some reels. You posted some reels and um, – Good stuff yeah we wanted to we wanted i want to spend a little bit of time you know and just tell everybody why we're there what we're doing there the importance of the shot show all that sort of stuff in this point blank
2: yeah i mean i mean it it was a blessing to be able to go for me i never had any intentions to go to las vegas and now i've completely changed my mind it's a pretty cool place just seeing you know seeing all the different I mean, you got weapons and optics and manufacturers for this and for that, um, met tons and tons of cool people, um, made a lot of contacts, um, networking. I guess that was one of the biggest things. And, you know, we were there for Freedom Hunters. Um, you know, we went out and done some work for them and tried to get some stuff donated for them and for the hunts and, You know to help anthony out so you know i'm i'm just glad to be a part of something like that for me
1: yeah yeah it's and while i'm doing this check your mic volume like your mic volume is sorry blow my eardrums out on this end mine is yeah yeah and i've got you turned way down okay uh but yeah just your internal settings there turn that down just a little bit be easier for me to edit but yeah so so the the real value that's put on by the national shooting sports foundation the mm-hmm. n s s f uh national organization and uh they represent hunters and sporting shooters and all kinds of stuff and they're such an important organization for us as hunters in general because they work on funding issues for state state wildlife agencies and and i mean hunting hunting hunter education programs. They're involved in that, which are state-mandated. And I'm not sure what states they wouldn't be now. I think all 50 states are state-mandated, so they're they're active in that. And uh, it gives us an opportunity to go out there and represent houndsmen and talk to these manufacturers. We talked to several firearms manufacturers and talked to them about their 22 rifles and, and brought some awareness of uh, what our uses as houndsmen are with those. And like Marlon Ruger, we had a real long conversation, good conversation with them about uh the, the lever action rifles that they're producing and the ranch rifles. And so it's it's every conversation we can have with those manufacturers and let them know that we're here and and we're still we're still part of the crowd that that depends on their services. I think it's good for houndsmen.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, you know, looking back at it too that a lot of people were surprised that we were houndsmen. Yeah. You know, like, what the hell are you doing here? Who let yeah, the, you in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were surprised and, you know, we did tell them what, you know, what we did and the the stuff that we used and what we were looking for. Um, yeah. I think, you know, several conversations that I had people, you know, when I told them, houndsman right? you know i had that houndsman xp hat on and they would ask me about it you know it kind of their their eyes would kind of get big and they'd be like oh okay yeah
1: yeah what do you what do you think chad i mean for you didn't go but no. uh yeah because you're too, you're you're too busy doing real houndsman stuff chasing <laughs> dogs and stuff uh, and uh but you know what what's your take when when you see an event like that did it ever occur to you that that we would be on on the floor of a show like that
0: no not really i think it was great too i saw the videos i kept up with it i thought that was really neat uh heath and your your uh you know secret potty thing that was that was awesome that's the instant (laughs) privy Privy.
1: Privy. there we go they're they're one of our they're one of our sponsors actually is that right?
0: There you go. Yeah. All
1: right, cool. Yeah, that was fantastic.
0: And it came off and that was, that was, yeah, that was funny. Um, But no, I think that was the ticket, man. I think that's that's the way it needs to be, you know? And uh, I guess I didn't know too much about the SHOT show before. And then now, I, you know, you guys told me about it and I was kind of listening. It was all over my, my social media. And I knew of other people that went and everything. So, I mean, it was it was a pretty big deal. Um, and I, I, I was just ignorant to it, you know? And I think that uh, having Houndsman there, that's, that's we need to, need to get out there. Like we're here. We're, we're, you know, there's a lot of us, you know, and, uh,
2: half the people I follow on Instagram was posting stuff and I'm like, Oh, they're here. Oh wait, they're here. Like everybody was posting. Um, and I talked to one of the ladies at, uh, in the main hall where you walk in. Um, she said there was an estimated 55,000 people. Wow. 55,000 people at the show. And, you know, I've got some guys from work that have been several times and they kept telling me, they're like, Heath, you're not going to be able to see everything. You're just not going to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were correct. Like I had a list. <clears throat> I had downloaded the app. I'd done the research. I'd got on the computer and looked on all, you know, all the vendors that I could take in because <laughs> it was so many of them. Right. And I'd my favorites and I still like, you know, on Thursday, you know, I was still walking around like, "Oh, I want to look at that, oh, I want to look at that and I next time I go, I'll be more methodical on on how I do it, but yeah, man, just the networking and and meeting <laughs> meeting so many great people uh was kind of the highlight for me
0: yeah what yeah. were some of their favorite ones like what like I know you probably all of them because I mean they're all there to represent themselves the best, you know like. Uh, so I'm sure all of them had valuable stuff to say, but you know, do uh, you got any favorites you got picked out?
1: You know the, the thing about the thing about if you've never seen it, it's hard to describe. But like uh, Ruger Arms brings, there were several, but we're talking about booth spaces that are bigger than uh, most sporting goods stores, you know, shops. So they bring an office with them. They've got Savage Arms has a three tier. I don't even know what you call it. It's a structure that they bring into the to the Venetian and they set it up. And I always joke, it's like, you know, if you if you just want to talk to some dude about what gun you should be carrying, you you get to look around and browse around out front. You know, mm-hmm. if 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 you've got if you if you can bring a little bit of money to the table, like small potatoes. They might take you behind the counter and talk to you. But if you got the million-dollar deals, you get to go to the third tier, you know,
2: set up in the penthouse.
1: <laughs> but if you don't have that deal, you ain't getting up there. And The uh, buyer's
2: lounge. You get to go to the buyer's lounge. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I was not a privy to that. Like No. I just got to walk by and look inside.
1: Yeah. You look in there <laughs> and you see people having meetings looking important. It's like, yeah, that's not us. That's not us. But uh, you know, just the 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 booth space alone, there's like 23 miles of of aisle space. the The Venetian, it used to be the Sands Expo Center, is three levels, and each one of those huge halls is packed full, and then it's overflowed into Caesar's Forum. So you got to go out and walk across the sky bridge to get over to Caesar's Forum, and there's two more rooms, huge rooms of vendors over there that, that, I mean, it's just miles and miles and miles of walking and, and stuff, you know, we met the guys from Underwood out there. Uh, we hung out with, with the guys from go wild, big frig, one of our, one of our sponsors, uh, for the show, we spent some time with them. I mean, it was just, it was just, it's awesome. I, and I was like you, Heath, the first time I went to Vegas, I went there on vacation. I was like, I don't care if I ever go back. And then uh, went back out for shot and hung out with Gary Robertson and his wife and some other folks. And they showed me how to, how the right way to do Vegas, you know, where you get away from some of the, some of the uh, he, heathenism and all that stuff. And it was a good time. And so I look forward to it every year.
2: Yeah, it's. I hope that I, it's something I can do um, yearly because I enjoyed it. Like I said, I enjoyed talking to the people. Um, well, Chad, you was asking what one of my favorite. Actually, Range Day, even though it was hostile with the wind, <laughs> like hostile. It really was.
1: We're like you had dirt blowing in your eyes.
2: You had, to, you know, they give you safety glasses when you walk in. You you needed to put them on because the sand was pelting you.
1: All right.
0: right, but.
2: Being able to shoot the different weapons, um, being, you know, I, next, next year I'll do differently. Like I want to shoot, I'm just going to start at the top and work my way. I'll, I'm going to shoot everything. <laughs> I didn't do that. Different. I just shot a, a couple of chosen ones. Um, so that was one of my favorite, uh, favorite things that I did out, out there. We,
1: we, we got our pictures taken with Bigfoot at the range.
2: Yeah. I found Sasquatch boys. It's over now.
1: Yep. Yeah. It, it's real. <laughs> that's right <laughs> do you see jacob campbell do you see that post jacob campbell made uh-uh. I, I forget what it was but uh i sh- put a picture of us with bigfoot and he's jacob's like well i thought he'd be taller you know i said well <laughs> well he's six eight and i'm six five <laughs> and he's still he's still six inches taller than us so so we're in good shape yeah he didn't buy it he didn't buy it
2: yeah but um Yeah, Chad, as far as that goes, I enjoyed range day. I'll do that different next year. And I really liked being able to put the different weapons in my hand, you know, because it's like anything you do, there are certain things that feel, you know, it's like your boots. It's got to fit your feet. Your weapon's got to fit your hand. Um, And looking at all the optics, um, I'm a big – I love red dots. Uh, Mm -hmm. I love those. We shoot them on all of our weapon systems at work. And uh, I I looked at a lot of those. In fact, I'm gonna probably end up getting me an aim point, a Micro T2 to put on my my DD. I got a Daniel's Defense V7, uh, and I've been holding off putting something on it. But I think that's what I'm gonna put on it after looking at all the optics. I think I'm gonna go that route.
0: That's neat. That's neat. Yeah, like you say, balance. <clears throat> that's one of the main things. I got a bunch of shotguns I'd like to get. You know, but the balance and how it feels when you take mm-hmm. it up to take a sight picture. And you can only do that by touching it, you know, like right. you can spend big money on it and just hate it, you know, and it's still good. It doesn't mean it's bad. It just doesn't fit you. So yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, being able to fiddle with them, swing them around.
1: Yeah, it- It's just cool when you see, you know, you see all these different things all the time advertise or whatever. And, and you get to go there and you get to actually put your hands on it and look at it and check it out. And, and, Almost everything exceeds your expectations, but sometimes you'll run into stuff. It's like, yeah, oh, that looked a lot better on the Facebook ad, but, uh, you know, most, most of the stuff is, is, uh, it's just, it's cool to be able to have that access.
2: Yeah. And we'll tell them about the first booth we went to. We, so when we went in Tuesday morning, uh, we were snooping around. So we went to Taurus cause I carry the 41. So went to Taurus's booth because i was my i do not like the grip on the weapon at all uh so i went up we started talking to uh his name was caleb actually one of the sales reps and explained to him and i told him yeah i've got the Taurus titanium 41 mount he goes what he is we hadn't made that in like 20 years and i said yeah i bought that thing in 2003 <laughs> and i'm still <laughs> carrying it so yes guys that just tells you even more that i'm a dinosaur they don't even make the weapon that i carry anymore so if something goes wrong with it i'm just sol <laughs> yeah
0: yeah so could they get you a new grip for it or no
2: yeah he told me the some guns that i need i need to look at the um the trackers that oh, that okay. they produce now and he said i can switch i can switch that out with what i have it's going to be the same the same grip so i'm gonna i'm gonna switch it too like i'm gonna get it
1: Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anybody that, um, you know, you, if you find a company that supports the NSSF, make sure you support them because, uh, they really are a big cog in the wheels. that keeps this thing turning. And, um, I mean, anybody that's anybody, uh, you know, the legislative, you got, you got representatives there. We, we ate breakfast with the guys from sportsman's Alliance. Um, you know, it's just, it's a big deal. And these guys know what's going on across the country and, uh, they're deeply involved. So support them, support them. Yep. While we're on the subject of people that are a big deal, did you guys listen to that Boone and Crockett podcast I did last week? Oh yeah. I dropped. Did you get, yeah. So, um, fair chase is, is, a been a hot topic lately. Uh, you have seen a lot of stuff on that and we'll see more of it with, uh, the legislative season heating up. So I just want to spend a few, few minutes and talk about some fair chase issues and, and get you guys takes on, uh, on that, on that podcast.
0: I thought it was great. I mean, I, I listened to it while I was looking for lion tracks, so it was pretty funny. Uh, the, everything was super quiet out with the snow. So every time I hopped out of the vehicle, I just crank it up. And while I'm walking these tracks out trying to find a, a solid track <laughs> underneath a tree or something, I had you and and the fellow from Boone and Crockett loud blasting through the yeah. canyon. <clears throat> so all the all of nature got to listen to it as well. Um, Wait a second.
2: You carrying speakers on them mules?
0: Oh no, this was this is out of the truck. <laughs> this is out of the truck.
1: <laughs> no, you can, no, no I've you done can, that before. You could s- uh carry your dimmer box from Go Wild. There you go you on a mule, strap it on the side, bluetooth it up, the little you know portable speaker systems, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah,, <laughs> uh,
0: you know? I didn't find anything that day, but I enjoyed the show. I thought it was pretty good, you know i I thoroughly enjoyed it i uh i uh thought some of the points you guys you know kept trading back were good, I think you represented us pretty well as hound hunters, you know, um I still have my own opinions on the g p s collar stuff, you know, um. I, I believe they shouldn't disqualify personally, but maybe we'll keep fighting that one one day and get it pushed to the other other the other way.
1: Yeah, you know, before we get too far down the trail, I I just want to say, you know, uh, Boone and Crockett Club is there wouldn't be any wildlife on the landscape if it was not for their work. They were the originators of they coined the term Fair Chase. Uh, if you haven't done so, go back and do some history on it. Listen to the podcast we'd Justin did a pretty daggone good job of, of laying out the history and everything. So, you know, this isn't, this isn't a deal where, um, we're trying to go to war with the Boone and Crockett club at all. And, and I would say that people still need to support them.
0: Oh yeah. 100%. 100%.
1: 100%. And, um, you know, so it's not, it's not that that's not what we're having the conversation. I just, I think we need to go a little bit deeper on some of this stuff because, when you have a guest on, I've never personally met Justin. And so challenging somebody and getting an argument or uh, something like that in public on a public forum, like the podcast was not going to be productive for anybody, even though I had deep uh, differences of opinion with, with their, their position on GPS. You know, it was a deal where, I'm not concerned about whether or not I can ever enter a, a mountain lion or a black bear and Boone and Crockett. I don't care. You know I mean? I, I support the organization. I'm glad that the, the, of all the work they do and stuff, but that's not what drives me to hunt personally. That's not my goal. My goal is with the hounds and that sort of stuff. So my, my position comes in of, okay, you're the oldest organization. You're very influential and with rules makers and policy makers and things like that. So let's take a look at this and make sure that since you are looked at as the big dog on the block, that you guys are representing us correctly and you're not doing things that can potentially hurt us down the road. So that was the whole reason why we had the conversation.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have, I have mixed. I'm kind of, I'm on the fence. Um, I listened to it, and you are correct, knowing the history. In fact, on one of my upcoming podcasts, the cover picture is going to be Teddy Roosevelt on a horse with his hounds, and he Mm -hmm. talked about it. Um, So I do know the history. I believe that any technical equipment that you use is a tool. We use them to locate our dogs because there's no way humanly possible to keep up with them over a ten, twelve, fifteen, twenty mile race. It's impossible to do that. Um, and I started thinking about like other uh, equipment that was being used, and I, I think somebody
1: somebody's going before you before you roll on. Somebody's going to jump up and they're going to say, "Well, by God, my granddaddy did it back in." You know, 1940s. Well, it just so happens that I had a conversation today and we recorded a podcast with a guy who is at least a fifth generation houndsman from Appalachia. And he, he described how his grandfather told him they hunted before telemetry, you know, before telemetry, they all met, they all got assigned a ridge, they all went out to the ridge. And the guys walked the dogs in and if the bear brought that, uh, uh, if the hounds brought that bear over that Ridge, it was their job to stay with that bear or to stay with the hounds until it got to the top of the next Ridge. And then the next guy would take it and move on with it. Yeah, that's yeah. clever. Yeah. So it's not, it's not a deal where, you know, Hawkeye is running through the woods with his flintlock rifle running stride for stride with, with the hound. And, uh, it, it just didn't, doesn't work like that. It's impossible.
2: Like you said, it's impossible, especially where you hunt. Yeah. And I'm for, I'm for all types and methods of hunting. I'm for all of it. I believe if it's what you enjoy doing, do it to your best. So I'm not, I'm not against anything. I'm just telling how I think, but you know, people use GPSs to, um, to mark beddings, to mark sheds, to mark where they seen turkeys two days ago, or an elk, you know, a week ago, um, you know, they're using they're using that technology, GPS technology, in other ways that we in the same method as we are, except we're just going to find our dogs at that point in time. Um, so that's kind of what puts me on the fence. Why is it different for us locating our our dogs? than other methods that are being used. And there's many, many methods. I know he talked about the cameras. You can't use the cell camera, which you know, several states out west have completely um outlawed that. Right. On public um, land. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um <clears throat> but what about I mean and I'm just saying things, let's be open-minded, let's think about this. What what difference is it for me using pulling up a thousand dollar range finder and ranging that species, whatever it is, at 845 yards away.
0: And the angle,
2: you know, and the angle drop
0: and all that down, you know, like they even have some that'll adjust the reticle for you automatically, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and then, then I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Automatically. And I'm glad you brought that up because the reply was, well, we know those things are out there. We just advise them not to rely on them. Okay. Well, Same with the GPS. This is a rescue tool, you know, for Mm -hmm. me to find and locate my dogs if they get lost. If I happen to lose connection with them, you know, this is a way for me to to take care of their well-being and, you know, uh, other people's property and and all that, you know. So, like, I'm glad you brought that up. I think
2: there's a lot of of technology being used in, in the hunting world. Have and you ever
1: use, have you ever used Google Earth or satellite imagery to to look at an area and find pinch points or places is, you want to hunt?
2: hunt you know, let's keep you know we can keep going. Right. Um, right. All, all those things are technology that we're using. Um and that's that's where I have a hard time if if everybody else is allowed to use technology. And I'm for it. I'm pro technology. Use it. Why is it so bad? that we are like, I feel like there should be some hard discussions about how we can meet in the middle somewhere. And I'm like you, Chris, I could care less about the, the, the Boone and Crockett record, but like I have no desire to put anything in there. Never have, never will. I do it because I love to follow the hand.
1: This show is made possible by companies like Cajun lights and dogs are treating. I'm gonna tell you about Cajun Lights first. Cajun Lights is a product that I use. I've got two Cajun Lights. I use one just as a utility light around here. It's their uh, Micro Gator. I also throw it in the truck when I'm bear hunting and, and uh, lion hunting. It gives me light right there on my head. It's lightweight. I can't remember the last time I charged it. It's got multiple settings. It's got red, blue, or it's sorry. I'm sorry, red, green, amber, you can do all kinds of things with this light, and a gr- very good bright white light that helps me find tracks while I'm out hunting. I also use their Coon Hunting Light. I use their Bayou, and that is a great light. Again, both these lights are high craftsmanship. They're bright enough to do anything that you need to do. They're affordable for uh, houndsmen, and they're just a great company to, to support. Second, second company is Dogs Our Treed. Dogs Are Treed produces some of the highest quality gear in the industry. Their tie-outs, their leashes, their balls are protected, their dogs are hydrated. You're starting to see the Dogs Are Treat logo pop up on a lot of hound hunting organization events. Everything from field trials to night hunts to youth hunts. They're willing to jump in and support the people that support them. That's why I love Kevin and Nancy at Dogs Are Treed. You're always gonna get great customer service. I hear from customers all the time that say they can't believe how fast their orders ship. I mean, it's amazing, folks. If you use the promo code HXP twenty percent off, all capital letters, HXP twenty percent off at checkout, you'll get twenty percent off of your order at Dogs Are Treed. All of our Houndsman XP leather patch caps and gear is there right now, so go over and check them out. Check out the Houndsman XP gear. And support these two great companies. You can find links directly to Cajun Lights and Dogs Are Treed on the Houndsman XP website at houndsmanxp.com. I'd put a big buck in there.
2: Well, yeah. Yeah, and, I, and I, I would.
1: I would. I mean, if I killed a big old mossy horn boon and a buck, you know, I'd probably go ahead and put it in there. A moose or an elk or or even a lion. It's but but that's not the motivation. I know guys, just like we talked about in that podcast. I know people from back east here that call outfitters out west and ask them questions like, "How many book cats have you got on the wall?" You know, oh, yeah. could, you know for sure. Yeah, and so, I feel
2: that's where I feel bad. Like if I was out west and I was I was able to harvest some of those lines that these guys are harvesting. I'd probably be upset because some of those are record book lines.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and you know, I have, I'd advocate for them. Like yeah. wait, you know, you're in, you know, Chad, you you know more than us. I mean, you're in those canyons and those draws, and I mean, you read any book. You talk about Dale Cameron, you talk about Ben Lilly, you know, go you want to go back in time, Chris. We can go back and read their books. And all although some of them are wrote as accurate as can be. I mean, if you read the story where Darrell Cameron the day the mountain blew up when they had the Mount St. Helens erupted, he left his dog's tree for three days before he could get to them. And it took oh, yeah. him three days to find them. Like with and when society, they got
1: there they were they were buried in ash up to their collars and they were still barking every breath tree. <laughs>
2: right. Right. <Boo> dog. <laughs> Blue dogs. I know some people (laughs) hunting blue dogs. (laughs) Yeah, but but I'm saying that you know society has changed, and with housing developments coming up, and our land is shrinking, and all those things go into play. Like for me, if you're going to let technology be used on one side of the fence, how can you say that it can't be used on the other? That that's how I feel about it. So that's why I'm on the fence. Like I don't, you know, I. I don't see the harm in us being able to locate our and our dogs. And he said, you know, once the, the, the tractor comes on, you know, the hunt's over, but we all know the hunt's not over with the dog until you put the dog in the truck. And you said, you said that in a podcast, like, you know, how many times we've been out of the woods and we hit another bear and there you go, you know, for us, for us, it's a little different. And, um, yeah. So that's kind of I am on the fence with it. Like I said, I'm not against it. I'm for it and I'm for everybody. But I'm, you know, I feel like I'm like with you, Chad. I, I feel like it's hard to say um you guys can't use this because you're using dogs. But if you're not using dogs, you can use every other type of technology that you want to. But they
1: don't but but they've they've got several positions on other technology too. But you know, with this GPS thing, the way it reads is uh, it's understandable. It's acceptable, except when it's used for uh, uh, locating dogs to make access easier for taking game. Well, it's not like we're taking GPS coordinates and calling in a drone strike. You know, <laughs> uh, it, that's not what this thing is. You know, I think there's a gross misinterpretation of of what we are actually using the GPS for. And then it's being misinterpreted and put into a position by an organization that can wield an awful lot of authority. I know wildlife managers look at organizations like this to see what their positions are. You know, when the anti-hunters come in and they say, you know, even the Boone and Crockett Club doesn't, doesn't like GPS, they won't allow you to enter a, 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 an animal in their record system if, if you use GPS. That's just a really slippery slope for us to be on and and I think it's a something that we need to address in a way that's effective, but at the same time, where do you draw the line you know you can't you can't say well, all technology is is okay. I don't want to be able to call in a drone strike on a you know that's not to me that's not honey where where do you draw the line well, i mean you could
0: with with some of those range finders already, you know, I mean, I had I had some some equipment in the military that wasn't half as advanced as that stuff, you know, and I'm again, I'm not demonizing it. I'm just let's go apples to apples here, you know, mm-hmm. that's all I'm trying to say, you know, <clears throat> but the, the range, the distance, the the slope, the drop, the automatic reticle adjustment, you know, like all, all that stuff, some of them pull. Yeah. Some of them even factor in they, they they Bluetooth and will, you know, plot what the wind speeds are for your location. They got all kinds of stuff like that. And and it's then the, the that, earth. It yeah, I mean that's yeah. all there. And then um and the and the other thing you you touched on, uh, Chris, that I wanted to make sure to bring up. Now, you're going to say you, you mentioned that, you know, the antis will get a hold of this and say, "Hey, look, even Boone and Crockett saying that's an unfair advantage and you're using technology and that's not fair chase anymore." But then at the same time, let's just say because I'm not either. I I want to run a mature male lion. It could be the tiniest of the standard or the big one. I don't care. I just want to. I want to. I want to run a mature lion. That's my goal. Um, tree it, and you know, and that's that's a party for me. I'm not. I'm not just trying to get in the books. But um, let's say I see a massive track, and I'm like, oh wow, this is exciting. Now, if I want to get in the Boone and Crockett, I better take all my tracking collars off off my dogs and either that or you know, lie on
1: your affidavit what's that either that or lie on your affidavit yeah
0: exactly yeah you yeah, rely yeah. on your just just say whatever cuz it's, it's that easy but then we're still damaged you know yeah. then uh-huh. we're still admitting it's something that's not true This gives us some unreasonable advantage which is not a fact and and then we lie about it and do what we're going to do anyway but then we're still absorbing you know the fact that, you know, this is unfair, or we take them off, you know, and should an auntie get a hold of that go, you know, one dog get messed up, one dog get lost, or something like that, now we're trophy hunters again. Now we're putting our, our dogs at risk, and we you can't, you can hunt without the GPS, but it is the most effective way of preventing lost dogs, in, in my opinion. So... Let's just say Danny's get a hold of that, and they're like, "Oh well, Chad wanted to get in the record book, so he put his own dogs at risk by not, you know, he just wanted the biggest thing." So like, I'm, I'm, I'm wrong if I do. I'm wrong if I don't. There's, there's, and I'm wrong if I
1: lie about it. There's no, there's no way to come out of this clean, and it's just not, it's not true, you know. You know, a question I should have asked that I didn't. I forgot. I missed it. Were, were animals allowed to be? Entered into the books, if they used telemetry, the old-fashioned beep beep, were they allowed then? Was there a position from the Boone and Crockett on the use of the old beep beep, or is this something that has come about because of GPS technology? That's a think, real good question. I think I think it makes a difference because, man, back in the days of the beep beep, ah, that when that's all we had, I could get pretty daggone close with the old beep beep. Mm-hmm. I oh, think yeah.
2: I understood him to say that once it come on, that I I thought I, he said that once it come on, the same thing as with the Garmin, once it come on, it was over.
1: I I remember him saying once the antenna comes out, the hunt's over. Right. I think that's I think that's a wrong position. I that's that's uh, that's just saying I don't know where my dogs are and I need to get a get a line back on them. You know, well, how like you
0: said, change? make sure they're not getting into the bears. Or make sure they're not, you know, you know, like stuck in a waterway or any. There's a, there's a yeah. hundred different options, things that we can, you know, try and prevent. Or always getting next to that, you know, down there and they got cows down there. Now we could train our dogs not to, but this, you know, like that's it's these are there's other ways around it. But I mean, there's a million and one different ways to utilize this uh, to for the well-being of the hounds and the well-being of the of the game and the well-being of the hunters. Without, you know, making it unfair, I, I don't, I don't see it. The same yeah. as some of these other.
2: Well, the yeah. one thing y'all talked about too that kind of resonated with me is, you know, we try to be very selective. Just like Chad said, Chad wants to run the biggest line he can. You know, we want those mature boar bears. That's what we're after. We don't, we don't want to fool with the little ones and the sows and the cubs and whatever.
1: Man, not me. I'm running anything, and I'm going to Photoshop the spots out. That's what I'm going
2: to do <laughs> for my Insta famous page. But y'all made a good point about, you know, deer hunters, like, you know, they decide if they're going to take that buck or not. Just like he was talking about the moose in Montana. He draws a tag the last day, a smaller moose pops up. It's his decision. You know, Yeah. I kind of always, he, he changed my opinion a little bit because I always thought, thought that we were more um, selective, but, we're not, you know, when, you know, we're not, I think, I think a lot of people do that in their own way. Mm-hmm. It's just, we have the opportunity. um, Like, you know, if we have that bear tree, like you said, you know, I can, I can pretty much tell if it's a male or a female most of the time, you know, mm-hmm. we can gauge, you, we can gauge the weight a lot of times, get close, you know, get close um, sometimes not so close and sometimes really close, <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 that changed my perspective a little bit. Um, and kind of like, yeah, maybe it's not just us. It's, 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 it's all hunters. You know, they have the decision if they want to pull the trigger or not.
1: Yeah. What else? How do we, how do we, how do we overcome it? I mean, obviously, you know, one of the things Justin said where the Boone and Crockett is like got 100 permanent members that, um, are, are wielding a lot of influence there. So, you know, how do we, how do we change this? How do we
2: educate? What do we do? Well, first thing we got to find out, have they ever been? Bingo. That's first. Come question. on
0: out, come on out. I'll give you a GPS system. You try and keep up with them and you tell me if this is unfair. <laughs>
2: yeah. Have you ever Bring been, and then, you know, sh- show them, you know, why. Why we do what we do, and then how we do what we do, um, I think that would change some perspectives. It's not, like I said, it's not we're not locating the game. I mean, how many times have you know we we turned our dogs loose and they end up either treed or in a hole or something, and there's nothing there, or, or it. Or it's well, eternity. you're having walkers, so it happens a lot, but. Um... <laughs> I do not like that either. (laughs) No, uh,
1: I, yeah, I think it's more important now than ever that we, it's just like, it's just like the article that Brad Luttrell wrote about the bear hunt. You know, Brad came out and hunted with us, never been exposed to hound hunting, and and now he's, I'm telling you that guy is one of the best friends we've ever that we've found in a long time that can come out from a, a non-biased position, talk about his experience and write an article about stop dog and hound hunters. You know it's not what you think it is, and and every time that we can find that type of a person to take with us then it's going to be in our favor, you know, and, and you show them, you don't, you just don't take them out there to kill a bear or to educate. kill a lion.
2: It's to educate.
1: Yeah. You take them out there and you show them. It's like, no, we're not going to take that bear because you got to stand your ground. Is that a legal bear? Yeah, that's a legal bear. We can take that bear, but we're not shooting. Why not? And then you go through the reasons why you're not, they just walk their guts out to get in there, fought the Laurel and they can't <laughs> pull a trigger on a bear. And, and then they got to walk back out of there. And on the way out, your dog's hit another bear. And now they got to walk over the next mountain to a hole that, that that's not a bear that you want to take either. You know, I, I think it's important that we, that we find those people and we take them and we show them.
0: Yeah. I get the same thing with, uh, I don't personally, it's legal in my state to take female lions, Uh Um, and I, I don't, I don't. You know, and if my dogs are on the ground, it ain't happening. Or 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 we're gonna fight. <laughs> That's just my personal thing. I don't hold it against anybody that does it on their own time. It's just not but something just, I want.
1: You'll just fight them over it. You won't I, hold it against them. You'll just fight them over it.
0: If it's if my dogs are down, <laughs> if they're taking the advantage of my dogs to to plug a line, then yeah, we're we'll, we're gonna scrap. Yeah, I don't I don't want to do that. I want as many lines. I want a trier in another week or two. And you know, I got some of them that are named. I got one. The oh my this God. trick All you, the time that climbs up a a pine tree, this ponderosa climbs up like a hundred feet up the ponderosa, jumps onto a cliff, runs down it, climbs up another pine. Every time she does that, uh, it's over because I mean it's right there. I could I could point my finger at it. It's four hundred yards right there, and it'll take me four hours to get there.
2: Yeah, you know, yeah.
0: and my dogs just can't get there. They're not monkeys, you know. And I know that. I know that. You know. And she's a female.
2: Water What's that? What's that? Better get you some Walker dogs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there's some of that floating around in there. None of everything I got's great. There's there's some sprinkled in there somewhere. I had one named Pete that
1: was pretty good at it, you know. But yeah, old Pete, run yeah. Pete round, old oh, Pete. Yeah, um, but but yeah, have, you know. Have, have you got any of those lines that you know you can catch just of any day you want to? No, no, because they'll they'll up and leave.
0: And you know, and then I'll 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 come by the turn every time. And I was like, "Is she going to be here?" Is she go, "Oh, she's here!" You know. And then I won't see her for the whole season. You know. Right. And then there's been one time I saw one lion three seasons in a row, and that was pretty cool. You know. Yeah. Um, uh, she had a big scar down her back leg, so it was real easy to identify. Her. You know. Other times, you're like, ah, "I think that is." You're not really sure, but this one I saw her three years in a row, and that was really 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 cool. And she crossed in the same spot, and I went to see her for two months.
1: I just wanted she- to make sure. I w- I wanted to make sure you didn't have those. Have a line like that? It's like, oh man, I need some Instagram reels. So, so we're gonna go out there to the- <laughs> go out there and get scooter treed up. No, no, I don't
0: be do like that. I don't have the lines trained up like that. That'd be nice though. You know? Yeah,
1: yeah, but, uh, be good they, to have they, them around for pup trainers. Mm,
0: that'd be that'd be great. Yeah, the only cool. ones I have is that like like I got that one that'll whoop me every time at the Ponderosa, and I don't even mess with her anymore. She'll break your heart. I hate that line. <laughs>
2: oh man so yeah i think we got to get people involved i think it goes back to that we need to educate like i said take them with us you know invite them out and you know show them what it's about get them you know get them under a few trees and let them you know hopefully they can make a better decision and and hopefully it'll sway their decision i mean you know you can't you can't make them but you know we can educate them and show them enough that maybe they're oh okay well this is Really, no different than using a a GPS or OnX to mark a spot and come back to that spot, and the game's still there. Yep.
0: And so you didn't demonize their stuff. It's I don't. I want I'd like for everybody to know that we aren't saying all these things are evil. We aren't pointing the finger. We're just saying this can't be wrong if that's okay. You know, and we're not saying that's bad. I mean, that's not what we're saying. We're just saying that's that's a tool. It's effective, and it allows for. You know, more quality uh, uh, takes less crippled game. You know, so the the animals we shoot drop, you know, and there's less Mm -hmm. waste. And there's, you know, there's valuable ways to use these. We aren't demonizing them. You know, it's just, that's That's okay. And I, and I understand. And here's why that's okay. And this is okay too. You just don't understand it, I don't think. And come on out, like Keith's saying, and see, see, (laughs) we're, it's not like we could scamper out there and it, 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 it's a rescue tool you know um and it has uses just like the other so i i think that that's i think that's super important to keep in mind that we aren't demonizing these other things
2: yeah i the agree style, the style of dogs that were back you know 20 even 20 years ago yeah
1: we talked about this the other day
2: yeah i mean the style of dog is completely different um and and again like i mean we've had dogs that's actually went through Multiple counties into a different state during a bear race. Like, there's no human way possible without a tracking device, whether it be telemetry, GPA, whatever it is, that you would ever keep up with these dogs. Like, there's, it's just, I, I want the, I want to know, I want to, I want somebody to explain to me how, what their thought process is on, okay, so we just had a 15 mile race. What is your thought on how I should, be able to keep up with my dog or find my dog after a fifteen mile race, and and could have changed three or four mountain ranges during that race.
1: Well, let me let me ask you this, Heath. You've been you've been hunting down there for twenty almost thirty years. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when you started hunting, how often how often did you know of or you personally uh,
2: lose track of your hounds and leave them out overnight? A lot, many many nights in my truck, in sleeping in the cab of my truck.
1: Okay, how many nights do you do that now?
2: Knock on wood. Um, since I have started running the GPS collars, only one time that I've had to leave a dog out, and the reason I left it out is because I lost communication uh-huh. with him. Uh, bad collar. It broke the. It broke the GPS. The cables going into the GPS into the to the base of the collar. Yeah. Uh, so one time since two thousand thirteen, fourteen, whatever year I got the Garmin. So one time over the last seven years,
1: Chad, what what do you think? How often have you had to leave your dogs out overnight?
0: No, the the the, the I've had situations where, like I said before, it's right there, but it's four hours away. You know, and my dogs are there, but I can't get there. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, um, I keep climbing gear. I repel. I got I got a three hundred foot rope and a helmet and. and a, And a figure eight to repel with you know but there's sometimes you just can't get up and that allows me to call i have a friend that lives over there hey you know here's a track code go go get my dog for me you know and they'll go over there and pick them up so i haven't i haven't at all yeah you know that's it's it's not a problem i have anymore you know back back when i grew up as a kid we had that issue with hog dogs you know and they don't it it, didn't. i didn't have the canyons i was dealing with now so um then it was just orange plantations and 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 hay pastures and stuff like that, and and we still had issues. And now, I'm in I'm in canyons, you know, with few hundred foot drops, and they yeah. don't
1: they don't stay out. I can get them every time. I think that's that's one of the thing that I would want the policymakers at at Boone and Crockett to understand is is the the trade off for us being able to get our hands on our hounds and make sure our hounds are safe far outweighs the dangers that, that houndsmen are out here unscrupulously, unscrupulously using this stuff to violate some ethical code to position themselves better to take animals. That's not the case. You know, we've got to allow houndsmen and trust houndsmen that they're going to make the best decisions and, and they are the best stewards for, the animals that they're pursuing by, by, by and large, that's the case. You get some guys, I mean, I don't care what, I don't care what you're pursuing. I don't care if it's bighorn sheep. I don't care. You know, you can put your price tag and put your cool level to it. I don't care. There's people out there that are going to be jackasses about it and violate the rules to, in order to be able to put their Instagram picture up. But the houndsmen that I know, by and large, you know, that's not what they're there for. So there has to be some trust on their part to understand that houndsmen are pretty doggone good stewards of, of what we're doing. You know, just your everyday turning hounds loose, hard hunting, serious houndsman is a good steward of, of the wildlife. Mm-hmm. That's, oh, what, that's my, my message to them.
2: And something else he talked about is, you know, knowing the land, and and deer hunters spend a lot of time in the woods. But I can guarantee you, I've walked places, crawled places, climbed places that a lot of deer hunters would never go, and therefore, I feel like I know that that terrain better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so and we use that you know, he's talking about, uh, technology I use on X probably as much or more than I use my Garmin. Yeah. Yeah. I use it a lot. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, that's a technology that I'm, I'm even either using it or pairing it with my Garmin. Um, okay. So here's,
1: here's a scenario right here. Let's take the GPS tracker out of it. You hear, you hear your dogs go, you're, you're standing, in there, standing there, you're listening to your house. Boom, 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 boom. And then they go around and they go up a, a canyon and you lose hearing on them. And maybe you lose GPS signal on them. Do you ever pull your Onyx out and, and look at that landscape in there and decide the best way to get in there?
2: I've done it many times.
1: Absolutely and Damn. that's exactly what every deer hunter does, that's what every elk hunter does, that's what every sheep hunter does. They all look at that stuff and they use the same thing. So getting back to what Chad said, we're not villainizing the sheep hunter for using it. It's just like the GPS that we're using is right on the same par as as programs out there built for the same purpose, but we're not we're not casting we're not you know, we're not casting shade on what they're doing. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that's a great, that's a great point. I hadn't thought about that, you know, cause it, it does. If I get into a new Canyon that I haven't fooled with, you know, I'll look at it and go, Oh gosh, what bottlenecks and pinches here. And mm-hmm. oh, there's that nice slope to get up and cross a little path and then back into another Canyon. I bet you that's where he's going right there. You know, and that's, that's exactly what they do with food plots and everything, you know, it's yeah. a, you know, uh, yeah. so yeah. Uh, wish we could put asterisks or highlight that spot. <laughs> that's a great point we
1: will we'll, we'll do that as an outtake and uh send it over to send it over to boone and crockett i there don't you know go. i'm I'm not done i'm I want to build a relationship with these guys mm-hmm. uh i i want to uh and I, I want everybody i hope everybody listening again I just want to say it you know we're not asking you to get out the the pitchforks and the torches and march on Missoula and uh, start writing hate mail to the Boone and Crockett club. That's not it. I just think there's a, there's an opportunity here for us to help ourselves, but also help other uh, uh, sportsmen to understand what we're doing, how we're doing it, why we're doing it. And it's just an opportunity for us. And that's, that's the biggest value in it that I see. And it's going to pay dividends to us down the road.
0: Yeah. And just have this talk, be prepared to have this talk. You know, mm-hmm. I've learned. I had my own opinions coming into this, and I've learned a lot. You know, and I, I've thought about it. And oh my gosh, my wife is like, "I didn't do it." I'm like, "No, but they took it away." <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. I, oh, that poor woman's had to listen to so much of this. But you know, I'm, I'm informed now. I have my opinion. I've got. I've got some great points from some Chris and Heath. And uh, man, i I can have this conversation now. I am. Pre- I am prepared.
2: You yeah. know. So. I think we build a relationship with them and I, I mean, I support them. I mean, like I said, they, we, we wouldn't have the game, the conservation that we have now without them.
1: Right. That's fact.
2: I mean, I, how do you not support that? If you're a hunter in North America, I don't care what species you're hunting. You, you have to be behind that period. All the things
1: that have, all the good things that have come out of it, you know, the, 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 uh, abolishment of market hunting. You know, there's a reason why we're we're not riding across rail cars and shooting Buffalo, you know, from rail cars and just leaving them lay out there anymore. It's because guys from the Boone and Crockett club stepped up and said, no, that's not what this is about. You know, we're not supposed to be doing that there. We don't allow punt guns to be used for waterfowl hunting anymore. Uh, you know, but the terms like fair chase, uh, conservation, you look at you look at the funding mechanisms for Utah, Virginia, Indiana, all these state organizations that are managing wildlife. All those funding mechanism mechanisms were were uh, sprung out of the movement of the Boone and Crockett Club, uh, the the Wildlife Restoration Act, where we get our Pittman Robertson funds was pushed by the Boone and Crockett Club, the North American model for wildlife conservation. There is no arguing the history. And and like you said, Heath, you know anybody that's a hunter that doesn't support them is a fool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And the work that they've done. So what
0: we're trying to say is, I like you're doing a great thing. I don't want to do this without you. (laughs) You know, keep doing what you're doing. Just maybe take another look at this. You know, and here's why. You know, yeah. I think that's a good way of saying it. You know, like I don't, I don't, I don't want to do this without Boone and Crockett. Come on, you know, right. Take another look at this. Is all I'm saying.
2: Yeah. So I guess I guess I would. One of the questions I would ask is, you know, they were established in what 1887. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Things change. Times change. Technology changes. So when was it implemented? That Garmin. If you had a Garmin tracking collar, what year was that implemented? How far has our technology come with everything else, including Garmin? since then and we can we continuously have to evolve Mm -hmm. like you know if we stay in the same place we was at 10 years ago then we're behind so with the founding of the boone and crockett which was a hundred plus years ago like things have changed a lot technology's Mm -hmm. changed um i think i think you got to open that door and say okay how are we going to, how are we going to look at this in the future? You know, things are going to be evolving. We're going at some point in time, we're going to have to have this conversation because it may not be like this tomorrow. It'll mm-hmm. be something. So that's, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with it.
1: Yeah. I think you could, I, I think you could sit back and, and, uh, you know, make all kinds of arguments. You talk about GPS, you know, have you ever marked a, have you ever marked, an elk wallow on a GPS walk back to camp and then followed your GPS back to the elk wallow, you know, I mean, you can go on and on with it. There's, there's no ending to it. And I just want to make sure that, that the um, houndsmen are getting the same um, representation and the same consideration that go. other that other that other hunters are getting out there and just because we're strapping a gps locator collar on there does not mean that we're we're out there using that for ill gain and 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 you know unethical behavior because i know it i know it's not happening so no yep closing thoughts chad i
0: I've, I, I think I've said it. <laughs> All
2: right. I think All right. I've said
1: it. I just repeat
0: what I said just a minute ago. You yep. know,
2: Heath, you got anything? No, I think we need to uh, open this door and see, like you said, what opportunities it leads us. And if if it still stands the way it is, then life goes on. I'm gonna keep hunting regardless.
1: Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, guys, I think that I think that'll do it for this one. Appreciate your time. Good conversation. I like getting together and, and talking philosophies. Yeah. Philosophizing? Yeah, philosophizing. We did some we did some philosophizing today. I yeah. Think. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, all right. So if anybody has any questions, comments, or anything like that, you'll see this show posted on uh, social media. Leave your comments down there or send us a direct message. You can find us on uh Instagram at houndsman underscore xp underscore podcast facebook is houndsman xp podcast we've also got a group that we uh we post a lot of cool stuff in that's a houndsman xp podcast group and visit our website houndsmanxppodcast.com and check out all our sponsors and links and and support the people that support you because every sponsor that's listed right there they're willing to put their money where their mouth is and help us preserve protect and promote and until next time You follow your hounds and I'll follow mine.